This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone, this uh, this week. Uh, kind of an exciting week for us here. It is the last episode of our first season as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, next week, the next round of shows, that will be officially the beginning of our season two, which is tricky because we now have a more set schedule than the National Hockey League. Yikes. Anyway, um, so also uh, kind of a cool thing going into season two, we're going back to two shows a week. Uh, this show will still continue. Uh, if you want to watch it live Sunday night, the second show as of now, I think still is going to be podcast only. We'll be coming out on Thursday morning. We might do a video version of it as well. I'm not sure yet. So we're going to kind of play that by ear as we go along. Um, as hockey starts, we'll know more about what's happening there. So starting off as we always do with what is, quickly becoming my favorite part of, of having a podcast, the beer of the week. We have got Big Wave Golden Ale. We've got this delightful bottle here. Um, we've got this delightful bottle of it. I'm I am looking forward to drinking this. Uh, according to their website, um, according to their website here, uh, what we've got is the uh, the Big Wave is a lighter-bodied golden ale with a tropical hop aroma and flavor. Smooth, easy drinking, and refreshing. The use of caramel malt continue, contributes to the golden hue of the beer and our special blend of hops providing a bright, quenching finish that makes it a struggle not to grab another one. Brewer's notes on this guy. He is 4.4% uh, alcohol by volume. Original gravity. I do not know what that means, so that makes me feel silly. I need to look more into how I drink beer, I guess. Hops, uh, Galaxy Citra. So let's see how this guy goes. It's always good to know how it pours, so let's take a look. Let me get things off the screen there, so if you're watching along at home... Get a better view of the beer itself. There we go. Just a little bit ahead to it. Kind of half a finger, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah. It's got that nice, uh, when they say tropical, I would say almost kind of a fruity smell to it a little bit. Nice fresh smell to the beer. Mm. Yeah, that's one of those ones where you can tell the hops are in it, but they do take on that sweet flavor. Very nice. Very nice beer. I can see where they say you'd be drinking this down really easily. It's a nice smooth beer. I'm a big fan. Um, Grab this one as I was looking at beers to do for this period of time. It definitely is kind of a, like a summery beer. Like I can definitely imagine, you know, drinking this when you're sitting out on a boat on the lake or at a beach or poolside or anything like that. I mean, it's a good beer anytime. I, I'm enjoying it here, but I like it. Now we're going to need it for this week because this has not been the best week um, for some things. Um, 
as far as what the league's doing, who knows? We've still got this random. We've still not random, but we've still got this this uh, uh, issue between the players and the owners about oh, you know, is there going to be more salary withheld? Is is there going to be when we're going to start the season? Is there going to be more escrow? I don't know. Uh, the one thing that I think is true that I've heard so far that I'm really kind of, I would say the reason hockey fans can have a bit of confidence there will be a season. The financial incentives for the league are to play this season because the league really wants to get to the next U S television deal and playing this season is the way that needs is, is the only way to get to finish the NBC deal. So you can start the new deal the next season. So, and with all the other leagues playing, even college basketball playing in there, there's going to be some form of a college football national championship for one of the four major leagues to not play would be a terrible look. So I I don't see a way the NHL doesn't play uh, this coming year. What will that look like? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Is it going to be a Canadian division? Yes. There's no way there's not going to be an all Canadian division. That's just what it is. Um, that's just where we're at. So, news of the week. Um, this was a story I was not a big fan of hearing uh, a few days ago that apparently a few Blue Jackets tested positive for COVID-19. Now, uh, the team uh, the team has not revealed what players this was or who, who did test positive. They did say they shut down all facilities, uh, shut down, you know, all the training guys were doing and stuff, which makes total sense. And I get why they're not saying who it was. Uh, a big part of that, in my mind, is, and we kind of discussed this when Austin Matthews' uh, COVID positivity came up over the summer. A player's physical health, to me, is not a newsworthy story until it affects them being able to do the reason they are newsworthy, which is playing hockey. If, you know, if, if there was a game tomorrow and three guys were not going to play because of COVID, to me, that's newsworthy. That's something where it can come out. And I understand people, you know, you get, they don't want people's health information getting out there. And I totally understand that. That makes a lot of sense to me. I just understand also why that story gets broke in a regular time period, but we're not in a regular time period at all. Um, so we're at a place where I get why the story's not out there, but the Blue Jackets have shut down the facilities. They're doing all the contact tracing. They're doing all the things you need to do. Uh, I hope everybody involved gets through it okay. I hope all the guys who aren't athletes, because I've you got the sense that if some of the players had it, maybe some other people around the team did. I mean, obviously they got it from somewhere. Ohio's just got huge community spread issues right now. My goodness. Somebody tweeted something the other day about the uh, stats out of Quebec. And they were like, oh, come on, Quebec, let's get it together. And I replied to him, I'm like, you know, as an Ohio, and those numbers look nice because their case numbers were well lower than Ohio's and hospitalizations and deaths are lower than Ohio's. And uh, I'm just so tired of this. My goodness. Anyway, that's and it's good. That that's a lot of what we're talking about tonight because. Uh, uh, the real world crossing over into hockey is not always fun. Other big story came out from the dispatch this week. The headline, report, Nationwide Arena now in public hands requires extensive upgrades. Okay. So, setting the stage on what happened here. A few years back, uh, 
the arena was taken over by uh, the county and and it's run I think it's owned by the county but it's run by the um, Columbus Arena Management which is kind of this joint venture between the Blue Jackets and Ohio State and there's uh, nationwide realties involved and there's this fund that's supposed to be taken care of by taxpayer dollars from things like the admissions ticket tax, which we all pay. If you go to a blue jackets game, it's just kind of incorporated into your ticket price, uh, casino taxes, all of that. And they're supposed to pay for necessary upgrades for nationwide arena. Well, nationwide arena, uh, apparently there's a clause in there for the blue jackets to make it a, to keep it a state of the art facility. Um, now here's what I think, think this is what i'm surmising again these contracts are not public knowledge but here's what i'm surmising is that the way this contract reads is the blue jackets and the county they have some you know intermediary assessor who comes in and says is this state of the art and essentially what the study showed was that the uh, arena requires 94.4 million dollars in capital improvements over the next 5 years which isn't great. Um, right now in the reserve fund, they've got two and a half million or 2.4 million. Uh, these are everything from apparently the roof needs replaced. Uh, they're talking about how while the locker rooms are nice, they are not what would be called state of the art as far as NHL standards. Uh, other things to try and raise revenues. Like they there's even something in here about maybe shutting down that little kid section in nationwide arena where they got the, the part where the kids play and stuff. It says to recommend that unless there is severe public backlash, which my kid would be sad to see it go. It's a fun little spot. Um, you'd like to see them find other spots to make money other than taking away that small amount of square footage that's for a kid just to put up another little stand-up that's a bar or something. I, I just, you'd hope there'd be a better way to do it. Cause you want, you want those things that kids love at games. Cause I, if your kid's like mine, like my kid likes hockey, but a lot of kids, when you take them to sporting events, especially if they're young enough, if you're talking four five, six, yeah, everybody's, you know, everybody knows a kid who will sit there and knows every number of every player on the ice and breaks things down while it's happening and just loves the game. But for a lot of kids, it's things like, Hey, I can get popcorn or, Hey, we can go do this fun thing or, Hey, there's stinger or, Hey, we can do this or, they like the celebrations when the goals are scored or something. There's something about it. They like, cause, cause that's just what it is. And there's a lot of adults that about that way where they like sports because of all the things around sports and all the things they can enjoy in, in with sports. So, and then obviously we've also going to have the funding issues because if this was funded by a ticket tax and casino revenue, both of those are down because of COVID. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, this isn't to sit here and fear longer and say, oh, well, oh no, are the Blue Jacks going to leave? I don't think that's in anybody's discussions. It's just now the discussion is who's going to be on the hook to pay this money. Um, right now, apparently there is no public source that would do it, but apparently if Ohio State decides to back out of this Columbus Arena, Columbus Arena management team, uh, the county apparently would step in and then it might be public funds, which... I don't like the idea of public funds being used for arenas. I don't think it's great. I think there's enough things the public needs before paying for, you know, the team to try and make money or to try and make more money or however it's going to work out. So not great. Um, 
But hey, that's why we've got the beer of the week this week because we're going to need it. Uh, and I'll be right back with you here after a message from one of our friends here at the Hockey Podcast Network. Listen to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast, your one-stop shop for Islanders news, analysis, and opinions. Featuring the biggest personalities in sports podcasting, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That's right, TJ. If you want your opinions viewed through orange and blue colored glasses from an Islander Bobo and charter member of the Inlui Trust crowd, you'll love the measured commentary from TJ. On the other hand, if you want the unvarnished truth of a hockey purist, a genius, a legend, and an all-around great guy, the grumpy old man's insane ramblings will be just what you need to survive each and every week. An all-around great guy? Well, we also have weekly installments of Stump the Grump, an absolute fan favorite. Make sure to participate in our live streams and listen every Monday and Thursday to the bi-weekly podcast. You can find the Islanders Never Say Die podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right. So this next story. Hold on. So, if you're on Twitter, like I am, You saw this week that after it was announced, the blue, the some Blue Jackets players uh, have COVID. A gentleman on Twitter, or woman, I don't know. It, it, you're on Twitter, so I don't know if you are who you are unless you have a name on there, because name's obviously a a joke. Um, tweeted out in light of recent CBJ COVID news and included some screenshots of Blue Jackets players and what they liked on Twitter to try and give some kind of sense of the idea behind the tweet, obviously is to say, look, the blue jackets, these players aren't taking it seriously enough. Now some players have COVID. All right. First thing I want to address in that. I know as a culture, um, there's kind of this, you're on either side of the line of thinking COVID is a thing or not. That's, I don't think that's true. I think there's nuance in that as much as anything else. That doesn't mean I agree with nuance in it all that much. I think COVID's a very serious thing. It needs to be taken seriously. Well, and be taking the right precautions to make sure we don't spread it and uh, try and avoid getting it ourselves. Um, but there is a certain element, especially online, because the world online is a very can be a very nasty place where there's this sense of if someone gets COVID and at any point they said something that doesn't agree with what I said on COVID or what I think on COVID, like this is their just desserts, which I don't think is a good way of looking at it. Um, not getting political, but there were a lot of people uh, dancing to that particular uh, beat when uh, the president, uh, when Donald Trump had it, that there was this sense of, Oh, he deserves it because of X, Y, and Z, which I, don't think it's the right thing to do with the disease. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're not taking precautions, you are more likely to get it. But that's not the time to be like, haha, look what happened there. Anyway, I commented on Twitter that uh, evaluating these requires a little more sub- a little more nuance, uh, some of these tweets. And someone said, really? I said, yeah, just listen to the show because I'm going to address it on here because I really feel like I need to because the um the tenor with which we talk about a lot of things as a society i'm not a big fan of so i i want to call things as they are but that means also allowing that nuance exists so the first tweet this is one liked by mr nathan gerby 
which was originally tweeted by somebody named Ezra Levant. I don't know who that is. I thought this was supposed to be a conspiracy theory, but here it is straight from Trudeau's mouth. The pandemic is the excuse for a great reset of the world led by the UN. All right. Of all the tweets I'm going to share, of the three tweets we're going to share today that came from this, this is the one that just outright I say is wrong and a wrong thing to say to start entertaining and to start talking about. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One it's indicating there's some mass conspiracy um, and either the United Nations early versions of this conspiracy were that the U S that somebody caused COVID to make this happen more recently. I think is that they're just trying to utilize an existing, the existing pandemic to try and force things to happen a certain way. Let's be real about this. If this were the case, you would see the UN, I, I mean, disproving it, is a bit of a fool's errand, but I mean, it just too many countries are handling this differently. The UN isn't able to step out there and do anything forceful. I mean, by the nature of what the who is the world health organization, they can't force anybody to do anything. Um, they essentially just have to abide with what is being told to them by local authorities. Talking about conspiracy theories as if they're true, especially in things like this gets dangerous. And this is where, if you start tying the idea of COVID is some mass conspiracy theory that these people are using to try and take power, then you start getting the world, you start getting people with the idea of, oh, well, if I don't wear a mask, then that's me being a patriot and standing up against these people. Or if I don't do this, if I ignore their restrictions, then I'm doing this. No, you're just making the world unhealthy for other people. You're making it a more dangerous place until we're to the other side of this, the other side of this, which hopefully is soon, but you're just making it more dangerous. You're not some Patriot. You're not some freedom fighter. You're not Mel Gibson and the Patriot rushing with the American flag up a hill. You're just an idiot coughing on people. I mean, that's just, that's what it is. So the spreading of the conspiracy theories is bupkis. Um, something I've talked about on the show before and have made no qualms about, although I don't re- inject it into the show because this is a show about hockey. I am a Christian. I listened to uh, I've listened to a preacher who I really enjoyed, Chuck Swindoll, who actually served. This this will all make sense here in a second. Who actually worked in the Nixon administration, and he is one of the people who actually went to prison over Watergate. I know that you know people talk about Nixon being pardoned, but there were people who worked for him who went to jail for Watergate. He was one of them. On the other side of it, uh, he found Jesus in jail, and he was like, "Hey." I, I'm going to turn my life around. And he became a preacher and he, you know, does a lot of great things. Um, but there's something he talked about. Uh, and it was in, it starts in relation to Christianity and then it comes into, and then I've, I've applied this thing to conspiracy theories. When he talked about the, um, the, the, the core moment in Christianity. Yeah. If you're not a Christian, I'm not trying to make you one here on this show. That's not what I'm doing. But the core belief in Christianity is that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead. And an argument he makes is that all 11 disciples, uh, other than Judas, who got past the, the physical death and resurrection of Christ, say they, did, they all went to their graves saying that he had come back from the dead. And he said, it's nearly impossible to get 11 men. You, you, getting 11 men to die for something is difficult. Getting them to die for a lie is impossible. And the example he used was, I was one of like uh, seven to 10 guys involved in Watergate. 
And if we'd all kept our mouths shut, we probably, probably none of us would have gone to jail, but we couldn't, we couldn't keep our mouths shut and we couldn't, you know, you couldn't lie your way out of it. So we got found out. And his point was, his point in that is that, you know, you, people won't die for a lie. You can't keep a secret that way. It's the old adage of three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead. If there was some mass conspiracy, whenever you hear anybody talk about some massive conspiracy, ask yourself how many people would have to be involved for this to actually work. And if the number gets higher than maybe like five or something, 10, and they're like in a military, like the ones who actually know the truth, things are going to fall apart. And the idea that the UN is using this to blah, 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 do all this stuff, that's not, it doesn't make sense. There's too many people involved. Like people have said to me before, all oh, pro sports are rigged. That's insane. There's too many people involved. You couldn't keep up that charade. I watched the football game this afternoon. There's 50 men on each sideline playing the game, and then there's seven refs in the field, and each team has a dozen coaches. You'd need 120 guys in on the lie. That's not going to work. And the UN, to pull off some crazy thing, that's that's just not it. So, Nathan Gerby, I'm sorry that was irresponsible. So that's where that one goes. The next one was one liked by one Mr. Seth Jones. A tweet from Mount Walsh, who I believe is some kind of political commentator. Uh, I've noticed that almost all of the people who support the lockdowns are people who have not been financially devastated by them. Funny how that works. Okay, so there is something to be said for identifying with people who are going through financial, massive financial hardships because of this pandemic. People have been lost their homes. People have lost their businesses. It's awful. Where this tweet gets strange, gets problematic, is the whole insinuation of the people who support the lockdowns aren't financially devastated. Like this is some type of intentionally malicious act which is what this tweet tends to indicate that, that the shutdowns were done to try and hurt businesses to try and hurt specific people. And that that's not helpful. That is not useful in any way. Now it's, it's trying to, I guess it's trying, I don't getting my head around this one's a little harder. Cause again, you, you want you feel for people who have been financially devastated by this, and and I, maybe the people I'm talking, maybe you have been, and if you have, I'm sorry. I have been blessed in that I am in a position where I could work from home. I, I have had minimal financial disruption to my life because of this. Um, as a whole country, we've had a weird situation where there are some people whose whole lives have been thrown upside down and they've lost their homes, and then at the same time, we've had lots of people who have saved tons of money because they're not going out and they're not doing other things. So some people are financially actually better off after this, which is a strange situation that's going to be just just issues there. But I, I just – things like this tweet, they're not indicating, again, that there's some maliciousness behind the other side on this. Like if you don't agree with how someone is handling trying to stop the pandemic, that there's something evil there. The last tweet was one liked by Mr. Zach Warinsky. Uh, it is a tweet. Um, okay, so the original tweet was, and I can't even see all of it, but Ohio reaching a grim milestone. High Health leaders across the state are on high alert. I'm breaking down their warnings this morning on Good Day. I think it's Good Day Columbus, a local station here in Columbus that does a morning show. 610 TVN News, a radio station in uh Columbus retweeted it with, still don't get this, back at the start of the pandemic. Dr. Amy Acton said there would be eight to 10,000 new cases per day by May. We're still not even a quarter of that. 
can't we be pleased with our efforts rather than constantly be told we're not doing enough? That was October 15th. Obviously, now Ohio is in a much worse place where we are hitting that. But that was something Zach Rinsky liked. This one, in my mind, is different. Um, and where the difference comes in in this is, it's more about the strategy of it. Nothing in the tweet tries to indicate that, like, the pandemic is wrong or bad. Like, like that. I mean, obviously, it's wrong, but not that, like, somebody set it up and that there's some somebody out there and they're trying to use this to their advantage. It's on its basis. Now, that's the thing. I'm I'm looking. All this is on its basis. If if a player comes out and says something later, or tweets something later, or does something later, that I can't answer for. I am just trying to answer these on the basis of what they are, because people were going crazy with them on Twitter this week, and I felt like it was worth a response. This one feels more like it's about a strategy of how to handle it. That maybe people would do better if there was some kind of pat on the back before we do something else or this or that or the other. So this one is the least problematic of them for me. So, so that's where that's at. I'm gonna we're gonna take another quick break. We're gonna have a beer and we're gonna come back and talk about something fun to close out this week. So thank you very much. Stay tuned, folks. We just finished a really exciting season of hockey here in Columbus, and the future is bright with all these awesome young players, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Alexander Texier, Liam Foody, Elvis Merz-Lincolns, but now you've got a new problem. How do you get jerseys for these guys? Well, we've got you hooked up. CoolHockey.com slash THPN. And since CoolHockey.com doesn't outsource jerseys for customization like competitors, they're able to offer the best deals, best quality, and pricing and time on your delivery. So remember, when you need a new jersey, CoolHockey.com slash THPN for our exclusive discount there, remember to use the discount code THPN, coolhockey.com slash THPN. All right. Last thing I'm going to talk about this week, and I've been hinting at this for a while online, uh, a discussion about Stinger and Boomer. Um, heavens, I love Stinger. Stinger is the best. Uh, I'm I'm just going to come out right now and say that Stinger is a bizarre mascot. Um, it. All right, so let me take it back in time, back to the late '90s, when the hockey team in Columbus is an ECHL team known as the Chill. This is a team that. Played at the Ohio, played at the Ohio State Fairgrounds in the five thousand seat arena. That was just old, old, old arena. And and then in the in the crazy scheduling for this place, the discussion became: Well, we need a new building. And as that got looked into, that's when the NHL came involved. Now, when the Chill were in town, a lot of the people that came were Ohio State college students. Um, other colleges around the area, some families, but they did all sorts of crazy stuff. They did bowling with, with frozen turkeys. They literally had a fat lady who would sing when games ended. They did a lot of weird stuff. They did a lot of stuff knowing that, that they had to build out. And, and it's, it was a great marketing strategy because they built out knowing that not everybody knew the game in Ohio, while at the same time trying to put effort into building the chillers which were how you were going to grow the game organically by getting people involved in playing it and enjoying it. But then we, they stumbled from an ECHL team into build into there being an NHL team. So all of a sudden you go from this little 5,000 seat arena to an 18,000 seat arena in the downtown of 
what was a growing city in Columbus, still a growing city, the third largest city in Ohio at the time, I think now quickly becoming one of the largest, especially if you look at metro area. And, and a whole fan base where a large chunk of them never played the game. Um, didn't really grow up watching the game in the same way that a lot of hockey fans are. Like if you go to Detroit, they tell you stories about Gordie Howe and this and that. If you go to Pittsburgh, they can tell you stories about Lemieux and Yager. In Ohio, we don't know. We didn't know, especially then. We knew football. We knew baseball. We didn't know that sport. We didn't know hockey. We didn't know what we were getting into. Even when they named the team, the Blue Jackets, we were like, oh, okay, what, what is it? Oh, it's a Civil War thing. I mean, the other idea for a team was justice. I mean, we, we didn't know what we were getting into there. The, the, the mascot, Stinger, you know why he's green? From what I've been able to tell, and this isn't official, but I've seen this in Wikipedia and other places, the reason he's green is that they took a yellow jacket and then mixed the team's color of blue with him to get that green. Is that true? I don't know. It's a goofy story. Maybe it's true. But literally, it's like, hey, we're a blue jacket. We are named after... Uh, uh, Ohio, the, the fact that Ohio, if any state, sent the most soldiers to the Union Army during the Civil War. And our mascot's a bug. A bug with hockey sticks for eyebrows and red eyes. And he looks kind of like you just made him angry. Like just now, he's like, ah, you're talking about my mother. Like it's weird, right? But that's why Stinger's perfect for the Blue Jackets. Because when this town got this team, we didn't really know what we had. We weren't sure what we were messing with. We didn't really know what we were watching in hockey. Honestly, to this time, to this point, probably a lot of fans still don't. A lot of people who go to the games, love it, have a good time, may not know the game that well, and that's fine. But Blue Jackets fan, we don't, we didn't know what we were doing here in Ohio with that NHL team as can be evidenced by the first 15 years of the franchise's existence. We didn't know what we were doing. So we put this guy out there. But he is that that weird essence of, you know what? We're here. We love it. You know, screw you if you don't like us kind of attitude, which, again, he's got that weird face. It's normally, normally mascots are much friendlier. So he's kind of perfect for the Blue Jackets and for our fan base, because for a lot of Blue Jackets fans, this is why they like hockey is the Blue Jackets. That's what is true for me. I became a hockey fan because of the Blue Jackets. And for me, I think Stinger is perfect for that. I think he's that perfect representation of a fan base and of a city that doesn't know what they're getting into, but it's just like, okay, well, what, what, rep- okay, this guy. It's got those weird shoes too that may that are yellow, which make me think that the I don't know this whole thing. His tail's yellow. It's weird. It is weird, and that's fine. That's good. Then there's Boomer. If you don't know who Boomer is, Boomer is this weird temporary mascot. We only had out for about a season. We introduced the third jersey, but it's a cannon with wheels inside and a big mustache. It's weird. And and he was used in this year's Halloween video, which was quite funny. Now, I like Boomer because Boomer's weird. If I'm the Blue Jackets, if I'm their marketing department, if anybody from the Blue Jackets marketing department listens to this show, you can steal this because it'd be amazing. Reintroduce Boomer. 
but use them the way the Flyers use gritty. Don't have him posing with kids. Have him putting pies in people's faces. Have him smashing stuff. Have him be the weird mascot. I mean, one of the one of the rumors is the reason he's no longer around is that Boomer is. If you've got young children in the car, mute for just five seconds. Starting now, Boomer looks kind of phallic. And that's one of the reasons they that the rumor was they shut him down so quickly. Is they brought him out and then they saw people on the internet point out so much of what he looked like that they were kind of embarrassed and had to take him away. Gritty has shown you can live with that and you can thrive on that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I would be all over that if I'm the Blue Jackets. I am taking Boomer. I am having him put pies in people's faces. I am having him pull pranks. I am having him appear in videos like he's some kind of weird horror movie monster, like he's Michael or Freddy or something. I'm doing weird stuff with Boomer and having fun with it. That's what I would do. That would be great, wouldn't it? Can you imagine how much fun it would be for there to be this weird Halloween video where, I don't know, you have someone in a, in a like maybe we're playing the Flyers on Halloween. I'm thinking of them because obviously great, but you have someone wearing a Flyers jersey like running and you're like recreating a scene from Halloween and, and, and Boomer's got like a knife or something weird. I don't know. I mean, obviously you don't want to want gender violence things, but just be weird with it. Do strange things. Be unnerving. The same way Grady did that weird thing where he was talking about getting his crystals to center his chakra and all that in a, in a tweet the other week. Anyway, that's our show for this week, folks. Um, my goodness, I hope when I talk to you on Wednesday, I've got some good news about, about hockey. Our friends over at Habs Nightly, they tweeted something saying they'd heard that we're getting good news, but they couldn't say what it was. So it's more of just, hey, wouldn't this be nice? So I hope that happens. But thank you very much for watching. Thank you for enjoying us through season one here and listening in, in the Hockey Podcast Network. I do appreciate everybody's been watching. We've been having a good time with it. Uh, again, midweek show. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, those will drop Thursday morning. Um, but thank you very much and go Jacks. Please subscribe to the show, follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening.